Well, the title of my message today is Signs Part 2. Signs, the Lord's got me stuck on this for a few weeks, so just stick with me. And we're going to read out of Matthew chapter 24, 37 to 39. It says 30 to 39, but I cut it, so it's 37 to 39. So you stand with me as we honor God by the reading of his word. <clears throat> Matthew 24, 37 to 39. When the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. This is what it will be when the Son of Man comes. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come before you today, I pray, God, that our hearts will be open to you today to receive, Lord, your kingdom into our hearts, your way of doing things, your way of being right into our lives, God. That, Lord, that we would be wholly surrendered unto Jesus. Lord, not just in a thought, but our whole life would be revealed Jesus. I pray that none of us would be caught unaware of your coming, that none of us would be into that place of missing the rapture of the church, God. But Lord, that your voice would speak to us, that we would know you in a supernatural way, and we not be lost in our sins, God, but we'd be caught up in righteousness. We'd be caught up in the spirit, Father God, so that when that trumpet sounds one day, we're going to go and we're going to be with you, Lord. Be with us this day, we pray, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> A key sign that we can look at when things, is when things are starting to look like the days of Noah. The days of Noah. You got to go back to the Old Testament to find out what it was like. And it was pretty crazy back then. I mean, just what the scripture says, it's, it's terrible. You know, what was happening that God flooded the earth? What was happening that made God so sorrowful he made us? You know, and that what is ha going to happen? That Jesus comes back. What's going on in our earth right now that's going to cause the Lord to come back for his church? And are people ready? What, what compares to the days of Noah? Genesis chapter 6, 5 through 8, it says, The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth. And he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. So the Lord was sorry he'd ever made them and put, the, put them on the earth. It broke his heart. And the Lord said, I will wipe this human race I have created from the face of the earth. Yes, I will destroy every living thing, all the people, the large animals, the small animals that scurry along the ground, even the birds of the sky. I'm sorry I ever made them, but Noah found favor with the Lord. See, he pointed out some things. He said he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. Everybody's thoughts were consistently and total evil. That's how it was then. And then the Lord, he was sorry he ever made them and put them on the earth. I'm sorry I ever made them. 
That was the situation going on when, when Noah was here. Now, let me ask you a question. I want to make sure you, you learn this in Sunday school. How many of each animal did Noah bring on the ark? That's wrong. How many? Seven. He brought seven of each kind of the clean animals on the ark. And he brought two of the unclean animals. Some of you are looking at me like you never heard this. Two, <laughs> two of the unclean animals, okay? So I know we get stuck on the two, but it was seven that he brought on the ark. And the seven were, you know, to be used for food and sacrifice. And so it's seven. Everybody say seven. I just want to make sure you know that, you know, so that when you're telling your kids, he brought them in two by two. No, he brought them in seven by seven. And then, you know, the unclean things he brought too. So, but today we have the grace and the favor of God because of what Jesus has done for us. So when Noah, when he says Noah found favor with God, when we come to Jesus, we found what? Favor with God. Amen. We have favor. Everybody say favor. We have favor when we receive Jesus. Amen. We have favor with God when we come to Jesus. The people of Noah's time, they were carrying on. They were partying. They were giving and receiving in marriage. They were, you know, just being wild people. Godless people. Godless people. God was void in their lives. And they were just 10 generations from when Adam was created. And they were acting like God didn't exist. And I, I, I haven't figured out how many generations we are from Jesus. But I know that there's a lot of people acting like he never came. So a lot of society is acting that way. Many people are trying to fit into society today and fudging on the absolutes. We want to give in on the absolutes so we can fit into society. And, you know, a lot of people think, well, you know, that the Bible's out of date, that God has evolved. No. We are out of date. We are out of step with Jesus. We've got to step with him, amen? We got, to, we got to come up to his level, not him come down to our level. God's not going to come down to our level to be okay with what he says he hates. He's not going to stop hating those things. He's not going to give in and say, well, you know, I know how times have changed in the world today. You know, let's be okay with that. He doesn't do that. He says, step up. Everybody say, step up. So right now, the love of many in the world is growing cold. People's hearts are getting cold. People are losing heart. Many have heard that it's Jesus coming. How many of you have heard Jesus coming for a long, long time? I mean, ever since I was a little kid, Jesus was coming. You know, I remember going to church four years old, and, and you're, we're taught that Jesus is coming. And uh, the Lord says, don't, don't let your heart grow faint on it. Don't let your heart be made sick because it hasn't happened yet. It's going to happen. It's just when, and we don't know exactly when, but I believe that he's showing us signs of his coming, amen, and that we need to be prepared for his coming because he is coming again. And he is coming. It's going to be like with Noah. The people were caught unaware in the sense that even though Noah told them, they still didn't respond to God. And then, boy, I'll tell you, God said, get in the ark. Noah, Noah went in the ark. All the animals were there. And then God shut the door. 
God shut the door. God shut it and that no man can open it, amen? No man can open it. So when God shut that door and then it started to rain. And the people were like, what? It started to rain. See, because rain wasn't there yet. There was a firmament that covered the earth at that point. So it hadn't been raining. There was always a dew that had come down and it was, you know, nice. But now rain. And now the people are freaking out. See, because there, there's a firmament above and beneath. And the water came up from below and the water came down from above. And it flooded the earth and everything died. Except the fish. The fish went whenever they wanted. Now people have heard of Jesus' coming. And, and when they hear of what they have to do to go to heaven, they, you know, they either surrender to it or they reject it. I remember my friend when I, back when I was, I don't know, 18 when I came to the Lord here and brought my friend with me. And after I did it, we were having a revival. I brought my friend the next day. I'm like, come on, man, you got to come. And he came down here and he cried and gave his life to Jesus. Then when we left, he said, I said, man, what did you think last night? It was great. When he goes, well, I felt like you made me do it. I'm like, he, he didn't receive it. He didn't receive it, even though it touched his heart, even though he shed tears right here at this altar. He didn't receive what was happening. You know, and, and this is where we got we to gotta stick to it. We got to stay with it. Don't lose hope. Everybody say hope. hope. This is the blessed hope that Jesus will come for the church. Amen. That's what we're counting on. That's what we're believing for. That one day the dead in Christ are going to rise and then those that are alive and remain will go with him. Amen. That's what we're counting on. That's our hope. And no matter what we're going through right now, that's got to remain the hope, the focus. You know, I know we all going through things. I know uh, Pastor Liz isn't here today. Got blessed with a cruise by her parents last week. And she came home with COVID. <laughs> I mean, I know there's stuff happening. I know things are going on in this life. There's challenges. You know, uh, the gas prices, you know, all the prices, everything, inflation. It's just crazy. But I'm not losing my focus that Jesus is coming. Amen. Stay focused. But when people hear that there's requirements to go, they reject it. They reject them. There is requirements. You don't just get to go, oh, yeah, okay, I want to go to heaven. No, you surrender your life to Jesus. You begin to commit to his way of doing things, his way of being right, amen, and, and you'll go. But there has to be transformation in us. We can't just say, well, I believe in Jesus and there'll be no change in our life. There has to be transformation. And that's what we want. We want to be transformed in the image of Jesus. Amen. We put on his character and not our own. We put on Christ. We stop doing things our own way and we put on Christ and do things his way. Amen. You know, I, I know everybody here just about. And so I know some of you have had to make some changes in your life and, and been challenged by it that the enemy still keeps trying to run at you. But you've made the commitment and you're running with it. You repent when you know you made a mistake and you just get up and you keep going. That's beautiful. That's all we can ask, that you just keep trying. Amen? And then one day you'll wake up and you go, man, I used to do this, 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 this. I don't do any of that anymore. 
I'm not that way. I'm not that man anymore. I'm not that woman anymore. You're just totally changed. And it's like, because you, you stayed at it, you kept at it. But I see that people, when their heart grows sick, when they start losing hope, those that have been through the process of salvation, transformation, they, then they, they, after a season, you know, because things haven't gone the way you wanted, you, Jesus hasn't come back yet, start going back to old things, old ways. Now, I'm not going to condemn you. I'm just going to tell you one way that I've been seeing. When I was in the youth group, you know, I mean, I had all these albums. You know, I had every Led Zeppelin album, Black Sabbath, you know. Yeah, don't, don't come on yet, man. <laughs> you might not like where I'm going with this. But we, we'd have a party at youth group, you know, with a trash can and a fire. And we burnt all them things. We burnt all them albums because they told us, don't listen to that garbage anymore. Don't, you know, don't do that. And we, we got rid of, I got rid of all my albums, man. I just surrendered it all. Now I'm 60. So you got to figure that's a good 40 something years ago. But now I see a lot of people that did the same thing when they were that age are going to the concerts of these 80-year-old men. <laughs> Reliving the dream of what they let go back when they were a teenager. Reliving the, the music, the, the stuff, the whatever is in that music. They were letting it go. I mean, they told when I was in youth and they told us so much, man, I was convinced to not listen to this music anymore. So I let it all go. But now, you see, because we've been living so long, now people are, are reviving it in their lives. And they're going back to it and saying, hey, now if you never did what I did, that's okay. And trust me, I'm not trying to condemn anybody. But I'm just letting you know that things we let go of when we were younger, don't bring them back. Stay the course. Stick with praise and worship, man. Let it fill your heart, your mind. Let it fill you up. You don't have to go back to the old, amen? Don't go back to the old stuff. Don't, well, you know, it's okay if I drink now. I'm good, you know? No, don't go back to it. Don't go back to the stuff you let go. Don't go back to the stuff that Jesus said let go of. Don't do it because he still wants us to be... He's up there thinking, well, they're free. They're good. And then you go, you know, I'll just have one beer. When you've been set free from beer for so long. That'd be like me going and having a beer. Oh, Delonda would kill me. I was, I was, in, a, I was in China one day. And uh, Chinese pastor, he says, here, Ron, have a beer. It, it's alcohol-free. Delonda picked it up. She said, no. What she said. I don't even want the appearance of evil. She just, she's like, no, he's not drinking it. She's like, I don't want him to have the taste in his mouth. See, that's how it starts. Things start coming back. Listen, 
That's not even my message today. This must be God. Stop it. Well, a few of you believe me. Told you it wouldn't be fun, Tim. <laughs> you know, when you go back to the days of Noah, they thought Noah was crazy because he was building an ark. You guys might think I'm crazy because I won't give in to the other things of this world, things that are no big deal. But God told me never drink again. What, is, what does that mean? That I can start now because it's been 40-something years? No, it means never. Never. And so in the days of Noah, they, Noah's crazy. He's building this ark. He's telling people it's going to rain when it hadn't rained. And they're like, you're, you're nuts, Noah. I'm sure they brought out their lounge chairs and stuff and the barbecue and they sat around. They made fun of Noah while he was up there building that ark and making fun of him, cracking jokes. You know, I'm sure they had a lot of good Noah jokes back then, you know, because he's building this ark and he's not even around water. There's no lake to push it into or nothing, you know. But people in his day, they didn't receive the message. But that's what's happening today. Many are not receiving the message. But it's not up to us as to whether they receive the message or not. Our job is to share the message of Jesus with people. Noah shared, and I'm sure his heart was broken when they were, trying, when they were banging on the door. Let me in, let me in, Noah, let me in. Come on, I believe now. Couldn't open the door. Our job is to share the love of God with people. To let them know that Jesus died for them, paid the price for their sins because he loves them. He loves you. He loves us. Amen. The sign that we see is how ungodly is showing up in many people today. For the people to fight to have abortions, to get so vile about it. It's terrible. To see the parades that happen in our country, it's disgusting. It's vile. And they're happening all over the world, except in places that they say, this ain't going to happen here. It, it, you know what's crazy? Is that a Muslim would stand up for that and not a Christian. The Muslims in, you know, you ain't going to go have a gay pride parade in Saudi Arabia. Because they'll have a gay hanging day in Saudi Arabia. I'm telling you the truth, it's not going to happen. But yet here in America, we just, you know. People are fighting for the things that are against the Bible. That's what's crazy right now. Fighting for it, what's against the Bible. Don't get sucked into that. Don't partner with that. Know your Bible and stand upon it. Amen? Know what the Bible says. Know that there were seven animals and not two. There were seven that were brought into the ark. And then there was two of the unclean. And you have to know your Bibles. And I, I know, listen. You might want to put your feet under your chair. I'm going to step on them again. Your feelings don't matter in this situation. How you feel about it doesn't matter. You know, but when it comes to the word of God, your feelings and your so-called rights go out the window. You stand upon the word of God, amen? 
The word is the word, and the people can either receive it or not. That's up to them. Well, what our job is, is to give it to them. Yeah. It's to give them the opportunity for the free choice to accept Jesus Christ or not. To conform to his will, his way of doing things. You and me, we get to go all in with Jesus. We get to go all in with Jesus. Halfway is not good enough. You know, Revelation chapter 3, let's turn there. It's not in my notes, so. Look at you, none of you brought your Bibles. Don't get me started. Revelation chapter 3. I'm going to say verse 18. Nope. Oh, verse 15. It says, I know your works, that you're neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then he, so then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Remember, you can't, you can't be halfway in. You got to go all the way in. You need to be cold or you need to be hot. But when you're halfway in, you're lukewarm. He says, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. So you have to understand how many of you are cold? I got one hand. Two hands. How many of you are hot? How many of you think it means if you're cold, you're not on fire for Jesus? Do you know what it means? Laodicea, the church he's talking to. Be cold or hot. Laodicea didn't have a water source. So they had canals that brought the water to them. One was from this city up here. I can't remember their names. But they had a hot spring. And that water was very healing. It was hot. It was good for them. But by the time it got to Laodicea, it was lukewarm. It was bitter. This city over here had cold water. It was refreshing. But by the time it got to Laodicea, it was lukewarm. So he's saying, either be healing, be refreshing... But don't be lukewarm. You know, so it's okay to be cold. It's okay to be refreshing in the body of Christ. Amen. It's okay to be healing in the body of Christ, to be hot. Amen. But it's not about um, your intensity with God, hot or cold. It's about, are you refreshing? Are you sweet? Are you, are you healing? But he says, listen, don't be lukewarm. Don't be lukewarm. He says, because I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. I'm not going to receive you. And so this is where we, as a body of Christ, we've got to get it down that we're, we're either healing or refreshing and sweet, amen, or we're, you know, because we don't want to be lukewarm. I don't want to fit into society and be lukewarm, amen. I don't want to go along with ideas of people that, that have no idea about God. You know that in one country, China, I'll just tell you, in China, they have the three self-church. The three self-church is a government church. They do have them there in China, government churches. This brother, David Lee, he just got back from China. Hallelujah. Welcome back, brother. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> yeah. How long were you there? 16 months. 16 months. Woo. 
Praise Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But there, they call it the three-self church. And it's government run. It's run by atheists. Now, when the Cultural Revolution happened, there was a pastor in China. His name was Moses Xi. And Moses, they, they asked him to be on the committee to form the churches. And Moses said, well, who would I be working with? You know, these, these people, all atheists, all communists, non-believers. And he said, I'm not working with them to do this. So they put him in prison for 23 years. 23 years. I actually had him come and speak um, when I was a young adults pastor. 23 years. He wanted to die. He took the light out, stuck his fingers in there to try and shock himself to die, and it didn't work. And God spoke to him and said, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. And that guy, finally, when he got released, he spent the rest of his life helping house church pastors' needs be met, sharing with them. I, I've had, I had dinner with him. He's with the Lord now, but we were able to meet with him, have dinner with him a few times, and um, just a powerful man of God. You can't conform against God. You can't line up with a world that's not going to make it to heaven. You can tell them you're not going to make it, but don't conform to the world. Conform to God. Being transformed to God is what it's, what it's all about. Amen? We just, Monday night or Tuesday night, we have Bible school here. It's great. I'm loving it. We just went through once saved, always saved in the Bible, but in the Bible school. Once saved, always saved. That once you give your life to Jesus, you're, you, can, you can do no wrong to not go to heaven. And as we went through that, you know, because it says that no one can snatch us out of the hand of God. But you can jump out. I wouldn't even say you jump out. You just casually walk out. Because nobody just suddenly walks away from God. It's those allowing those things back into your life that... You, you once you renounce, but now you see nothing's wrong with it because you've relaxed in your faith. And so you're like, oh, I'm okay. You know, it's okay. I, I could drink. I could do this. I could do that. And you start letting it all back in. And that, then the next thing you know, hey, where's that, where's that chair at? That chair hasn't been to church in a while. I wonder what happened to that church. Hey, you know, hey, chair, what are you doing? Oh, you know, Pastor, I, I just, I'm good, man. I still love Jesus. I just don't see the need to, to come, you know, so I'm good. But, Cherry, you don't understand. The Bible says don't forsake the gathering yourselves together. Yeah, but I'm all right, man. I, I don't need to be there. I'm good. That's what happens. It's just a slow drain of our Christian walk that happens to us. We relax. And I'm telling you today, God is saying, don't relax. Don't relax. The, the Bible clearly talks about an apostasy. 
that there's a great apostasy coming. And I, I believe if you look around, if you see the signs today, you'll see that the apostasy has already started. Look at, you have over a billion Muslims. That's a great apostasy right there, amen? You have Jehovah Witness, you have Mormons, you have these cults all around us. That's an apostasy. They're just falling away. And the love of many grow cold. That's another sign. When our love for Jesus, our passion for God starts growing cold, that's another sign that we're losing our way and we need to get back to God, amen? We need to get back to that fire of the Spirit. You know, we have trauma, things that happen in our lives, you know, that gnaws at your faith, you, and, and you know, hope deferred, which makes you feel heart sick. You know, these happens, and we don't, when we don't know how to stand up against it, we lose hope. We don't know enough of the word, and, and our faith takes some hits, and it, it discourages you. That's why we need to stand on the word. Jehoshaphat did, Second Chronicles chapter 20. Jehoshaphat, man, that guy, he had armies, armies coming against him. But he said, he stood in front of the temple, he says, he says, your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. They said, whenever we are faced with any calamities such as war, plague, or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple and before your, where your name is honored. It's like, no matter what comes against us, we're going to come to this place and we're going to stand together and we're not going to be moved by what's going on around us. Can I hear an amen? amen? He says, we can cry out to you to save us and you will hear us and you will rescue us. Amen. That's what it's about, that the people of God not lose faith. They not lose heart. They not lose hope. But we stay that fire. We keep the, that fire burning in our soul. We get rid of the obstacles that are trying to rob you of that fire. And you just press forward. And you keep going. And you say, man, this is hard. Hey, being a Christian isn't for the weak. It's not for the weak. You got to be strong. I mean, even in Revelation it says, the uncourageous, the cowards aren't going to make it. The cowardly won't make it. You've got to be courageous. You've got to be bold, amen? So what do we do? We got all this right here. I just said to you, Noah, oh. the Assemblies of God declares, they don't declare, you know, believe in pre-trib or mid-trib or post-trib, rapture of the church. They said, you need to be ready all the time. Right. You need to walk in readiness, amen? You know, I mean, if, <laughs> if I knew somebody was coming to rob my house, I'd, I'd load up the, the eight-shot pump shotgun, 12-gauge, and I'd sit there with it. I'd be ready, right? You're not going to just go, oh, please don't hurt me. You're going to be ready if they come. You'll grab your bat, whatever you got to do. You'll be ready. And, and God is telling us, be ready. Be ready, I'm coming. Be ready, I'm coming. The Lord is telling us that. He's showing us signs all around us that we need to be ready because he's coming. And we, we got to stop not paying attention to his coming. And we have to put it at the forefront of our minds, amen? 
Now, Jesus gives us comfort with this, these words. John 14, verses 2 and 3. Let me tell you, if you haven't read through John in a while, just go through John. There is so much life in John. I could just preach out of John for the rest of my life and be happy. It's beautiful. John 14, 2 and 3. There is more than enough room in my father's house. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. Isn't that beautiful? I'm going to prepare a place for you. If time is coming. What a wonderful promise. This is God's plan for us. He's preparing a place. As we talk about signs, just look at the Word of God, the Bible, and see where we're at. I've got one more sermon on this next week. But if it's today, tomorrow, or a hundred years from now, don't let your love grow cold. Don't let your love grow cold. Don't let your flame go out. Don't even let it come down to a flicker. Get rid of the stuff that, that's pushing it down and let it build back up. Let the word of God put fuel in you, amen? You don't know when your body is going to give away and, and you're on your way to meet Jesus. You don't know that. He does. And that's why he's telling us, be ready. Look at the signs all around you. And he says this in Luke 21, 36. Watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Watch and pray. Pay attention to what's going on. Watch for the signs that God has given us so that we can be ready when he comes. Amen? And if you're looking around right now, you're seeing that signs. Now, the biggest sign, the biggest, biggest, biggest sign is that when Israel became a nation, they said that before that generation passes away, he's going to come. Israel turned 78. So it's coming. It's coming, amen? It's coming. He's coming. Now today we're going to take communion to remember everything that Jesus has done for us. But we have to prepare our hearts for this. We need to be in right standing with God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time in your word. I thank you, Father God, that you've not forsaken us and left us alone to ourselves. But you have a plan for us. Lord, and you're putting signs in our way so that we can see the coming of the Lord, that we can see what you're doing. And I pray today, God, that you'd open up our hearts and our minds, Father, even as when we we got saved in our first love, we let a lot of things go. And Lord, for some, they're creeping back right now. But Lord, we don't want that to happen. We don't want to walk out of your hand. We want to stay put with you. 
Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I, I not even knowingly, I, I, or just knowing whatever, I've allowed some things to creep back in my life today that I want to get rid of. If that's you, just wave at me and I'm going to pray for that in a minute. Amen. Amen. Anybody? Amen. 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 Praise God. Amen. Father, you see all these hands. And I pray, God, that today through your word that you would you would bring us to the understanding to push forward with you. That that fire would be turned up inside of each one of us, God. And Lord, that we'd not forsake you. We'd not walk away from what we've learned when we were younger, God. Even as children, Father God. We'd stay the course. Even, even as children. When we wouldn't even say a bad word, God, because we knew it was wrong. We didn't curse, we didn't cuss, we just walked with you, God. Even as children, Lord, we didn't, we didn't allow things. We would, as children, Lord, they correct adults that would cuss and swear. And Lord, had even as adults, we would correct adults that were cussing and swearing and carrying on. We'd say, hey, listen, man, my kids are here. But Lord, here we are, your children. We ask that, Lord, that you just wash us today in the blood of Jesus. Yeah. Oh, wash us today, Lord, in the blood of Jesus. Let it flow today, God. And maybe you're here today and you just need to make that commitment to Jesus and say, I'm going all in. I'm going all in with Jesus today. I'm not looking back. If that's you, just wave at me right now. I'm going to pray for you. You're going all in with Jesus. Going all in with Jesus. Well, then I'm going to assume that you're all in with Jesus. Praise you, Father. Father, I pray that as we come before you with communion today, that we do so with clean hands and a pure heart. I'm going to ask if Robert and Victoria would come. You would come and get the emblems, and Mark Cranmere is going to come, and he's going to lead us in communion this morning. You can come and get the emblems, please.
So Jesus and the apostles came into Jerusalem to celebrate Passover. It's a time to remember when God told Moses and Aaron to tell the Israelites to kill a lamb and to mark both doorposts and the beam across the door with the blood. And death would pass over that home. The lamb was to be without blemish, it had to be perfect. And so it was with Jesus. He was perfect, a perfect sacrifice. One that made for all time, for all sin, that everyone be reconciled to God. Jesus is called Lord, Rabbi, should be a Jewish scholar, and teacher. And Jesus, knowing everything that was to come, took the opportunity to teach the apostles many things that evening before he was to be crucified. One was that of washing their feet. John 13, starting in verse one says, before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew the hour had come. Then in verse 12 to 17, after washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. And I tell you the truth, slaves are not greater than their masters, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. After this, Jesus, Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper, which we call communion. In Luke 22, 15, Jesus, Jesus says, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you. In other words, with a passionate intensity, he desires to eat Passover with you. Jesus is present when we partake in communion. It's a very sacred time for Christian believers to symbolically sit at the table that Christ has prepared for us so that we can share communion with him. Isaiah 53, five says, by his stripes, we are healed. We are healed. And so Jesus took the bread. So if you'll take your bread. He gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So it's all partake together.
Hebrews 9.22 says, and according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So likewise, he also took the cup and gave it to them saying, drink from it all of you, for this is my blood, a new covenant, which is shed for many, for the remissions of sins. Let's all partake together. Lord, we thank you for your sacrifice on the cross, for all you've done for us, Lord, and for teaching us and giving us this example so that we commune with you. Jesus says, you call me teacher, and doing so gave us many examples to follow. So take time in your life to follow those examples. Pastor. Liz, you want to come? Elizabeth? You got a microphone. She's going to come share with us a few announcements. Listen, as you experience healing, please let us know. Please let us know what God is doing in your life. Amen? Because I know that, that just his presence here today, something's happening. Amen? All right. God bless you. <laughs> 